Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. He said, this book of law. Why? See, before he read the book of law, the spirit had already been activated on his life. The spirit has already been activated on his life. And he was interested in Joshua chapter 11, verse 15. The Bible says, And the Lord commanded, as the Lord commanded Moses his servant, so Moses commanded Joshua. It didn't say that God spoke directly to Joshua. He said, Moses, as Moses, God commanded Moses, Moses passed the laws back to, um, um, sorry, to, to, uh, to Joshua, and he did. Nothing was left undone. As the Lord commanded Moses, at times, because you are walking in wisdom. No, 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 no. It is God that has to speak to me directly. This guy had the spirit of wisdom walking in him, but he had to follow the teachings of people. Because, you see, you need to understand how, that is why at times we are not seeing what the Bible promises Christians should be. You are not functioning at the wisdom that is required. Another person we would see in the Bible is Daniel. The Bible says that Daniel, in as much as a spirit of excellent spirit, has an excellent spirit understanding knowledge and interpretation of dreams. He had an excellent spirit inside of him. You, you see if even Daniel chapter 6 also. He talks about Daniel distinguished himself above governors because an excellent spirit was in him. So he had the spirit of God in him. He had the spirit of excellence working in him. But when you go further, I read Daniel chapter 9, verse 2. He said, in the first year of the reign of Daniel, I, Daniel, understood by books. I understood by books what God told Jeremiah, not him. I gathered the book to learn. That is why he operated in the level of wisdom. See, the fact that you have the spirit of excellence working in you does not mean there is nothing for you to know. That's not mean there's nothing for you. See, you learn more by the day. I learned something recently. No matter how anointed you are, there is the place of age. If an elderly person is talking to you, no matter how anointed you are, age is important. That is a, a challenge most of my generation don't know. Think anointing counsels age. Another woman, kneel down there. I'm talking. The spirit of God is talking through me. You know, and there was one of my guys who was talking. He said, you know, yeah, and he was sharing and said there was a guy who was who had so much power. The spirit of God was in him. 
said, and he saw him walking in arrogance. And as he was prophesying, and he said, he said to somebody next to him, this guy is not going to go far. And truly, many years later, because anointing does not blind your eyes from respecting the elders. Does not blind your eyes from respecting the elders. But these are wisdom that you learn from the scriptures. That you, you see, it is God, God grant us grace in Jesus' name. Amen. So we, we've seen it in Daniel. And I want, to, um, I want to bring us closer to certain things that I want us to begin to see. How this, first of all, how the spirit is constantly being activated in you as a Christian. Can we start from um, Matthew, please? Please, can I have, I, I had, I bought some um, mustard seed and they would help me just pass it around. I know we've seen it before, just for us to kind of see it again. It's just important. It's just important, just, you know. You know, and please notice what Jesus said here. Jesus said the kingdom, he said, he said another parable. And he said, he, he put forth to them, saying the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. So that means that it is not a bunch of mustard seed. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. So basically, what you need to take out of anything that you have so it's not spiritual, just for you to kind of see. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, when the Bible says, a mustard seed, and it said, which indeed it plants, to, it plants, sorry, it, it, which indeed lists, the least of all seed, but when it is, when it grows, than the herb, but, but when it, it is grown, it is greater than a herbs, and becomes a tree so that the birds of the hair can come and nest on it. Now, Jesus was saying, the kingdom of God, what was he saying? Is that the principles of the kingdom of God are so insignificant in the eyes of people. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because I'm already eating it. I'm like, it's not this spiritual. That's, that's not anointing. It's just we bought it from the Malam shop. Hallelujah. Amen. So can we just pass it around to the side? I don't know. If you, sorry. So Jesus said, the kingdom of God is like a seed. A seed of mustard seed. That means that, I don't know if you can see that seed in your hands. Now, this is how Jesus is saying that seed, this is what it becomes. These are human beings at the bottom. He's saying the kingdom of God. At times people want to find great principles. Jesus is saying, See, the kingdom of heaven 
is like that small seed that when you put it to the ground, it has the ability to generate results like this. Remember when Jesus was talking, go to previous one, please. Matthew, he said, is like, is like a mustard seed. So Jesus did not say it is like the bunch of mustard. He said a mustard seed. One. Once, but the problem is that if somebody tells you this is what you have to do to get to this, sorry, let's, to have this tree, you will say, no, it doesn't make sense. That's what Jesus was saying to them. That as little as that mustard seed is, at times it is not complications. I'm saying this because I am going to just share a little bit of you about what the Bible puts around the secrets accessing the spirit of wisdom. Not everything, but just a few of it because of our time. Let's go on, please. Psalm 73, verse 16 and 17. He said, when I thought to know this thing, it was painful for me until I entered the sanctuary and I understood the, the, the hand of it. See, the problem is that most people just come to church and you don't understand so many things that is going on within the church. I was talking to somebody so last week or a week before. The person sent me a question and I responded to them. And I could see that in that question, it was a challenge of what they understood a church is to a Christian. Most of the time, which I don't think it was intentional, we have had a period that your first responsibility in the church is what you are doing. It is not first what you are doing. God will never call you into a place first for what you will do. It is first what he will do for you before you do for him. See, those who don't understand these things, I go to be like somebody who is at work, who comes to work. You know, there are some people who, who work in an organization. They come in, they do their job, they go. But there are benefits in that place they will never be able to get because they're not looking for it. You know, there are some things that when you go to your intranet at work, you have to look and look and look and look and look before you say, ah, this thing is here. At least I see all the training that you are spending money to go and it is free. But because you are not, you're, you, you are so focused on doing something rather than what I am supposed to do. So I told that person, because that person was asking me about, um, about that, um, the one to, I don't know, the someone to um, hear God about X, Y, Z, and things like that. And I said, you know what, one thing is that 
whatever, where you are going to in the church that you are attending, it is ignorance to think that you would step back from, you can step back from an activity, not a church. You never see it in the scriptures. Never see it in the scriptures. Because your function is different from your home. But if you don't understand these things, you will always come and it will always be about what you are doing. Rather than what I am, what am I to receive from God today? So those kind of people, most of the time, you don't come with an expectation to receive anything than your basic reward for the function that you're carrying out. But David understood this, and David said, when, that's why when a whole king, when they asked, when David said, my heart was filled with joy, when they said we should go to the house of the Lord. Do you know that in the days of, in, 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 in their own days, David was not doing anything. It was the priest that was doing everything. He was sitting down. It's important that, because as we, as we begin to look at access of what God is preparing in the church, it is first of all important that you understand that part of the word I said to that person on the message, I said it is interesting how far we've been raised away from the scriptures. When the scripture clearly puts it as a warning, not to. <laughs> and I said, would you be toiling? That's what I wrote the message. Would you be toiling with what the scripture warns against? Why I'm saying this is so that when you come into church, I want your perception to change. Somebody was supposed to lead the service one day. In there, and the person was waiting on something. They wanted to travel. But their papers was in the home office. So they came that day. So I said, sorry, you're not leading the service. This person is leading the service. It wasn't anything spiritual to me. It was just because there was a mix-up. And that person was older. So I expect that person to understand. And let the younger one do it. That, is, that was just the principle behind it to me. And that person said, if pastor can say don't do it, that means that God has as he released me to go to Nigeria. That week, his paper was used. If his perception was, I have to do, I am coming to do something. Because your first priority is not what you will receive, it's what you are given. You know, my, uh, the general overseer would normally say, I came to this church to come and pray for my family, just as you have come here to come and pray for your family. So, He's saying indirectly that my first priority in this place is not to serve. It is first of all to receive. If you have that perception, you will get to understand how to access these things that we are talking about. So the Bible says, he said, when he said, he said, he said, when I taught, he said, when, when I taught to know this, it was too painful for me. When I got into the church, into the sanctuary, I began to understand. Let's go to the next slide, please. That is why Micah chapter 4, 1, 2, he said, it shall come to pass 
in the last days that the mountain of the, of the Lord's house shall be established above, on the top of mountains and, and shall be exalted it shall be exalted above all hills and all the people shall flow into it. Yes. Oh, sorry. Is that? And the Bible says, the Bible says, you are following that, the Bible says that people would say, let us go to the house of the Lord because he will teach us his ways. So he's saying that, you know, the, the, the tabernacle of God, there is so much activities going on in there that if you don't, if you are not careful, you will miss it. If you are not careful, you will miss it. Now, why have I said that? I've said that to come to this as we move on. See what the Bible says when the angel spoke to Daniel. He said, and he said to Daniel, do not fear, Daniel. From the first day you have set your heart to understand it. At times, people come before God without a set thing they want to understand. You are confused about so many things in life. You are not, when you are coming to church, that is not your focus. You are not coming to look for an answer to that question. You feel that, you know, you leave that one at home. And you now come here to come and do what? If you are worried about, so I'll share with, with us today. And, 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 and things like that. You know, I was, I was talking to you when we were coming, when we were coming, and I was saying about, so I said, are we doing this? Are we doing what are we, and things like that. There was questions in my heart. I was coming for an answer. But most people just turn up in church. There is no question. There is nothing that they are looking for. They believe that those answers are to be found elsewhere. But the angel pointed, he said, from the first day you set your heart to understand. Question, have you ever approached the church with a question you need to understand? Of? Because there are two ways to meet God. There are times when God meets you at his own time. And there are times when your hunger draws him. I'll give you an example. Jesus was going on the way to heal, uh, to raise Jairus' daughter. He was going in his own pace to meet Jairus' daughter. But there was a woman, issue of blood, that had a thought in her mind when she came. So, one, he was planning for the other one was planning for him. The point is that people just walk into church most of the time. And there is nothing that is, you are not expecting anything. That's why I keep on seeing it. There are so many times that when the worship is going on, I have my writing pad very close to me. I'm taking it down. As God is dropping it, I'm taking it down. Answers to questions. But like we said, you must also realize that you need an answer to, to, to things. You know, someone was talking to me last week. Someone, someone what happened last week after the service. That someone said, you know, he said the someone today was answering the questions I was bothered about all through the week. It was because the heart was there. 
I wasn't, I was just preparing the sermon. It doesn't matter. But as the word was going, he was addressing particular issues. In fact, I've seen some at times whereby you have four or five people stand before me and say, Ah, you address my son. How many people am I going to address, address their issue? I think that, but it doesn't matter. What matters is that you came with a question. You cannot tap of the wisdom of God in the environment if, you, if your heart is not set to know. If your heart is not set to know. Let's go on quickly, sorry for our time. Daniel chapter, sorry because I rearranged it so it's not, it's, it's, um, and uh, now another treasure to access the wisdom of God is so winning. See, that's why I said there are so many things I'll be talking about that will not make sense. Because to you, a mustard seed cannot become a tree. The Bible says, the wise who shall win so will shine. You know, we talk about the brightness. He said, they will, talk, they, they will be like the brightness of the firmament. Those who turn many to righteousness, they will keep on shining. So that means their level of wisdom will constantly be on the increase. That was why when you see that the apostles, Peter that knew nothing. When Peter engaged in it, he got to a point where people would say, ah, you know, these guys, the way they are talking, they are talking like riffraffs. Why? Because when you begin to engage these hearts, you know, it was the church that God said, where's your own soul? There are things to do to access wisdom before God. These are scriptural truths. Let's go on the map, please. He said, he said the, the, the Bible says, he who wins souls is wise. Winning a soul for God opens you to access to wisdom. Why? Because Jesus said that when you stand before kings, he said, do not be bothered. He said, I will give you, he said, it's an opportunity for you to tell them about me. He said, I would give you a, 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 a word which nobody will be able to gainsay. People say, you know, God, uh, God, open my mouth, fill my mouth, fill me as I speak. For what? What are you speaking about? Scripture says, when you are getting into the habit of witnessing to people, that is how it comes. Soul winning by scriptures is an open access to the wisdom of God. God, help us in Jesus' name. Malachi, I believe. Uh, my, uh, see, there are some things that I want to, and you know, it's interesting how God speaks. There's some things that I would naturally not want to speak about. And I believe that part of one of this, when somebody shared a vision, a prophecy with me this morning, said God said, you know, you need to shoot accurately. You need to shoot accurately. God grant us grace in Jesus' name. The Bible says, and see, it doesn't matter who is functioning on the pulpit. See, this is the reason, some people may not understand, the reason why we said that those leading worship should lead it from the pulpit 
It's not that so that they can see or you can carry people along. One of the major things is so that you would understand that they are ministers at that time. So the Bible says that the lips of a priest should keep knowledge. People should come and seek the law from his mouth for he is the messenger of God. So when you see somebody standing to minister in the house of God, there is wisdom coming out, but at times people are so, you know, what are they talking about? God grant us grace in Jesus' name. You know, I was talking to you about, about a man in Nigeria who went to an event. A, um, it was a CNS event like this. It was, it was only Michael's day. And he came with an hunger to understand certain things. He had first of all read about the ministry of angels, how angels impact wisdom into people. So they were doing the service, and it was like God, and things, and things like that. And in that period of time, he said, ideas just began to come. He began to jot them down. When he got home, he went to take books and did a bit of research, and he built it up. He sent it off. Three days later, it was Bill Gates that called him. Bill Gates said, sorry, it was, this is in Lagos. Bill Gates said, you know, for you to produce something like this, I have not seen this kind of wisdom before. Babadeboe would say that, Babadeboe would say that, you know, when Babadeboe finished his dissertation, because he's, 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 um, he's um, what was it called, associate, associate Laman, the professor, I think it's like that, he was, he studied um, um, autodynamics or something, or dynamics, that is or advanced level of maths, you know, and to get to those levels, you must be propounding theories. He said they got to a point when he submitted his dissertation then. When he submitted his, 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 his dissertation, they had to be passing it around. Then they now called him into the meeting and said, sorry, who gave you these theories? Where did you find these things from? When he was defending it. He said, he said, he said because he said, we've not seen this kind of impact before. Um, and he said, somebody said, and someone else said, there is a professor, not in this country definitely, because we have to take your papers around. But somebody must have taught you something. A professor, yeah, yeah, he said, he said, but he said, he said to them, yes, the professor. He said, yes, we said, what's the name of the professor? Emmanuel, Professor Emmanuel, Professor Emmanuel. Where did you know Professor Emmanuel from? Because, see, when you open to this realm, you would be submitting paper. People going, no, see, there is something. You know, normal human being cannot write like this. And he used to say jokingly that I don't know why God made me study mathematics to the point of almost committing fake and come and make me a, a pastor. And God said, because I want to be teaching my people mathematically. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. But as he was serving on the church, as he was coming, joining them together, he wasn't a Christian as such. 
his level of wisdom, it began to impact something in the South because his opinion, his view of the church was different. His view of the church was different. When the word of God is going on, Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3, he said, he said, he said, he said, from your childhood, you have known the Holy Scriptures, which is able to make you wise. Which is able to make you wise for your salvation. I'm going to run it up very soon on these two scriptures, or these two parts of the scriptures. I'm going to show you somebody. If you Google, you probably see a couple of things also about him. He was a young boy at the age of 16 who became the king of Israel at the age of 16. Second Chronicles chapter 26. It says Uzziah was 16 when, 16 years old, when he became the king and he reigned for 52 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jokara, or Job, sorry, Jokolea, amen, of Jerusalem. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all his father, Hamaziah, had done. He sought the Lord in the days of Zechariah, who understood the visions of God. On that version, we say, who understood the laws of God. So, he didn't know much about the scriptures, but he was constantly following, attending the services, learning the scriptures. And the Bible says, as long as he sought the Lord, God prospered him. Please, I want to first also take a quick look are the prophets, are the prospering of this man. Before you think this prospering that we are talking about is that he can speak in tongues. Let's go on, please. And then, Uzziah prepared for them an entire army at the age of 16. He shield and spears and helmets and bows of arrows and things like that. He, he basically, and the Bible says, he made devices in Jerusalem, he, in, he invent, invented by men of skill. So what was happening was that he was giving them the ideas. I think you should do this this way. I think this is the way we should build this body armor. I think this is the way we should do this. And as he was propounding those theories, people who had skill were picking it up. And the Bible says that he, he said he invented by the skillful men to be on the towers who shot arrows and large stones. Now, to you, this may be very archaic, but in his days, it was new inventions. And the Bible says, and his fame spread across the world. And his marvelous, he marvelously helped, for he was marvelously helped till he became strong. Now, let's see what the devil attacked. And when he became strong, his heart lifted up to his destruction, for he transgressed against the Lord. And by entering the temple, the first place he entered was the source. Because as far as he's concerned, it doesn't matter 
What is the church? The church is just a place where, you know, one man is there reading the Bible. When he's, when he's even, when they're doing worship, I don't even, you know, what, what are they saying? He failed to understand that is where the impartation is coming from. That's why the Bible started from the fact that he, he, yes, he sought the Lord, but this is the way it happened. He was constantly approaching the temple of God to learn. And as he learned, God was interpreting that wisdom to his personal life. Then we began to see the impact. Then what happened? The reverse began to happen. And we would see that his story ended in a bad way. That was not the intention of God. But what I believe Uzziah did not see was the connection of the temple of God to his wisdom. We'll read the scripture together and that's where we'll end it. As we walk, as we begin to seek wisdom more, as you begin to understand how the spirit of wisdom functions in a church. I'm saying this not only for us here, because you know, we listen, people listen to us outside. Anywhere you are, <laughs> oh God. See, it is just because of us we've been taught somehow in the wrong way. What am I supposed to be doing in that church? Sit down. That is the first priority. That's the most important thing to receive. We will read a scripture. Matthew, please. Jesus talked again. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like ten virgins. Let's start at there. These people are very beautiful. No sin. They are virgins. So that means everybody is okay. He said, they took out their lamps to meet the bridegroom. Perfect. But the Bible now says, now, five of them, so you can say that they were all called into the journey with God. He said, five of them are wise. And the other five are foolish. What he's saying is that what differentiated them is not are they a Christian or are they living a righteous life alone. What differentiates them is who is acting in wisdom and who is not. And he said, they, the foolish one took their lamp and did not take the oil. But the wise one Took, wise one took the wine, took, took the oil in, in their lamps. When the bride, bridegroom delayed, they all, they, they all slumbered and slept. So every one of them was subject to the same issues. The Bible says, and the midnight a cry was heard, and the bridegroom was coming out to meet. The bridegroom is coming out, come, the, the bridegroom is coming, go out and meet him. Then the virgins arose. Trembling, uh, sorry, rose trembling their 
sorry, trimmed, sorry, trimmed their, their lambs. And the foolish one said to the wise one, give us oil for our lamp is going out. Let's go on now. But the wise one answered, least there should not be enough for me and you. Rather go and buy from those who sell. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came and those that were ready with him went to the wedding and the door was shut. Things I wanted to point out there were, they were all good. They were wonderful people. But wisdom was missing. And something also pointed out there, wisdom has to be bought. You have to go and ask for it. They were all okay until endurance began to come true. They had to wait an extra night. Then their level of wisdom began to show. What I'm saying is that those who, have, who are functioning in wisdom and acquiring more and those who are not will be running at the same pace. But time will begin to tell who is functioning in wisdom and who is not? It is just a matter of time. That is why we said wisdom for enduring, for wisdom for, for fruitful endurance. Because what determines which Christian is standing in the next couple of years, being faithful, moving on, is, is, is the level of, is level of wisdom said initially that you know some of, and that is the scriptures if we don't understand the, the, the words of the scriptures, Saturdays will, be offended, will, will offend you the Bible says, and that's where we would end it as we come to this if anyone lacks wisdom let him ask of God who will give without reproach. But the problem is I need to first of all accept I lack wisdom. That's why he said if anybody lacks wisdom, it's not anybody that can come to God and ask for wisdom. You can come to God and say, God, give me wisdom. It doesn't, it, those prayers are not answered because you have, you have to first of all qualify. If you lack wisdom, then ask. You have been praying about so many things. At times, it is first of all to say, God, what, is, what am I missing here? Is there something here that I don't know? And genuinely ask. That is the way forward. And I've tried it. If I, this week, I've tried it when I, I was lying and say, God, you know, these things I don't know. I need wisdom. I explained to you at my workplace. See, there are some prayer points you may not be praying if you can ask for wisdom first. Let us rise up.
before we even started the service, as I leave, so before we were about to start the service, I was past prophecies of what God was saying. And the last statement was in there, before anybody knew what my topic was, people need wisdom to be able to know how to live their life. And that's one of the reasons why God said, you know, you need to deal with this issue. Last week, if you can remember, it was quite interesting. They were doing Sunday school there. When they brought the Elemi here, who was not involved in the service at all, the thing God said again is, wisdom. The Bible says, you first of all need to come to the point where you understand not just mouth prayer that I'm struggling but I want before I, I lead, we go to the prayers if you are here I see the source of wisdom himself is Jesus if you have if you don't know Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life or you are apart from him you are far from the wisdom of God and I want you to begin to retrace your steps thank you for listening to this week's sermon have a blessed week.